Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Good to be with you this morning. My name is Dan Edmondson, and about a week ago, I was on my way to the pet shop to buy some dog food, and my phone rang, and it was Pastor Kurt, and I thought, oh, man, did I do something wrong? (laughs) And he said, Dan, I need you to preach next Sunday because I'm going to take a break. And let me tell you, if anybody deserves a break, uh, and I know he's watching, he does. Amen? So you would have had to have been living under a rock if you didn't know that last Sunday was Easter Sunday. Even people that don't consider themselves religious or church people know that last Sunday was Easter Sunday. And, you know, pretty much everybody knows the Easter story. It's recorded in all the Gospels. And I'm pretty sure that we were in the Gospel of Luke, and I want to encourage you, there's actually a Bible underneath your chair there. If you don't have your Bible, if you want to follow along. Now, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, which is a version that I absolutely love. But last week, pretty much the story ends in the morning. So I asked Pastor Kurt, I said, can I just go ahead and continue the story because it goes on into the evening. And by the time we get to Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 13, and actually, um, I think your bulletin says it's 13 through 31, but I'm going to read through 32, is we come across a portion of Scripture where two disciples of Jesus, they, they weren't a part of the 12, but Jesus had many other followers, including women, In fact, remember Pastor Kurt pointed out last week that the women were the first ones at the tomb. And so we come now to verse 13. Now, behold, two of them, so that them are disciples, were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. I think I've actually been to that village. I know Wayne has. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Verse 16 is the key to this whole message this morning. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. They didn't recognize him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered, and he said to him, I just love this, the scripture's hilarious, are are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and you have not known the things which have happened in these days? Come on, man, have you no idea what's been happening? You don't know what's going on here? And he said to them, verse 19, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. So they're, they're schooling Jesus. 
They're telling Jesus, look, here's what happened. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they didn't see. Verse 25, then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Remember, they only had the Old Testament. He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Well, then they drew near to the village and where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone a little bit further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's towards evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight and they talked and they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us. May God bless the reading of his word. My wife, Janet, who's sitting right over there, we sit right in the corner there. I usually sit behind the pillar. Um, we've, we've been married. It, we will have been married for 40 years this coming December. Oh, didn't expect that. And... I just want to tell you, and she knows this is not just theatrics, I am so in love with her. I am such, I almost said lucky man, but I'm a blessed man. 40 years we've been together. We're at that place where you can, you know, kind of start finishing one another's sentences, you know, what I'm talking about, and then you'll go out to uh, get something on Fifth Avenue on a Friday night and you realize you're dressed alike. So that's where we're at. But... In 1983, raise your hand if you remember 1983, <laughs> we started dating. Ours was a very fast courtship. I think from the day I met her until the day we got married, I, I, I think it was maybe nine months. And we were both living in Orange County in the, in the Los Angeles area where I grew up. And I got a job at a restaurant, which no longer exists, but this restaurant, Tom might remember, Mary might remember this restaurant, it was called Skinny Haven. Now, I'm a skinny man, and so I didn't even need a resume for this job. So I walked into the restaurant, and they hired me, and it was kind of a restaurant health food store. Um, it was, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the early days, you know, where everybody was concerned about what they were eating. And on this particular Friday night, I was in charge of the Skinny Haven ice cream machine, which was a total oxymoron because there was no such thing as ice cream at Skinny Haven. 
But they had their own kind of proprietary blend. I don't really know what it was. It actually tastes pretty good. And it was a Friday night, and we were just slammed. For those of you that have worked in the restaurant business, you know that, I mean, there are evenings where you, you just you have no idea what happened. It's like living in a blender. So I'm working the ice cream machine. And I remember that I turned around, and this absolutely drop-dead beautiful girl walked into the, the restaurant. And she said, I'd like a Skinny Haven ice cream cone. So I was like, I'm going to give you double ice cream. <laughs> so I went back to the ice cream machine, which wasn't ice cream. And I remember uh, getting the cone and, and walking down the aisle. And I gave it to her. And she looked right at me. And she said, Dan, it's me, Janet. That has to rank as one of the most embarrassing moments of my life because we were dating. <laughs> and I didn't recognize her. And to this very day, she holds it over my head. This portion of scripture is one of the strangest portions because everything really hinges on one word in verse 16. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Now, the Bible, the New Living Translation, which is a great translation, and I think that's what NCC uses um, underneath the chairs here, uh, and, and I didn't memorize it, but it says something along the lines of God was the one that closed their eyes. In other words, um, you get the impression that what's happening here is, is Jesus is doing some sort of Jedi mind trick where he's, you know, you don't know who I am type of thing. Now, Pastor Kurt will tell you, and, I, and I'm sure there's others in the congregation, when we were going to seminary, he went to Princeton, I went to Denver Seminary, you had to take Greek. And I'm not a Greek scholar. Um, I did teach Greek for 15 years. I've kept my Greek up. I don't say that, so you'll think I'm all that in a bag of chips. I just love the language. And one of the things about the Greek language is that it has some nuances which just don't apply to English. So there are verbs in Greek that are what are called middle passive verbs. And I got my original uh, Greek book out. I actually was, before the service, looking at it. I flunked semester one of Greek and had to retake it. But then I got an A. But if you look in my Greek grammar book, it says this, Lesson 25, the middle and passive voices, and I quote, the forms of the middle and passive voices are identical. That is, when you're reading the New Testament in the original language, you don't know whether a particular verb is a middle or a passive. If we translate this particular portion of scripture as a passive, then the translation in the New Living is correct, where, you know, they're walking down the road and Jesus kind of comes up behind them and does a Harry Potter kind of trick and they don't know who he is. That would be the passive voice, the passive use of the verb. But I think it's a middle. And most commentators would go with the passive, but there are a few that would agree with me, or I agree with them, that it's a middle voice. 
that's used here. So when we read in verse 16, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him, that the middle is they're the ones that are producing the action. So it's not Jesus fooling them. It's that they are so grief-stricken and so beside themselves of the things that have happened that they, of course, they see Jesus like I'm looking at Wayne, but they don't recognize him. That happened to me once. <laughs> Think about Mary Magdalene. Remember Mary Magdalene this same day where she's literally standing in front of Jesus, and what does the scripture say? She doesn't know who he, who he is. She's so overcome with grief. Her life is such a wreck. She's not expecting the risen Christ. Here's the question that I have for you, the NCC family, this morning. You know, we're all on a journey. All of us are on a road, so to speak. And, and, and the question is, what are the things that keep us from seeing Jesus? Because there's a lot of them. So these guys have just left the empty tomb area, and they've heard some things about Jesus. They really, they don't know what to believe. Have you ever been at that place in your life before where you, I don't know what to believe anymore. For me, I absolutely love preaching from the Word, and instead of me putting what I think should be on the Word, I like the Word to speak to my heart. Sometimes that's painful, but it's the best. And I think that there are three things that we can look at here. What are the things that are keeping these guys and us from seeing Jesus? Number one, I think is in verse 14. And they talked together of all these things, don't miss this, which had happened. They're stuck in the past. They're, they're talking about the life of Jesus to Jesus. They still don't know who he is. Um, they did wear hoods back then, you know, hoodies, because it's, it's hot in Israel. It's towards the end of the day. It's dusty. And they're having a conversation about all the stuff of the last three years. But they are stuck. I don't want you to raise your hand, but have you ever felt stuck? You know, your Christianity has been reduced to, here's what God used to do for me, and not so much on what he's doing now and what he's about to do. Um, for these guys, Jesus was a past event. I remember my second pastorate, Janet and I pastored for 35 years in um, Los Angeles area, Colorado, and Seattle. We moved here a year and a half ago from Seattle. And um, I remember our, our second church, it, it was a church that had been without a pastor for a little over three years. It was a mess. It was, it was, it was a train wreck. And I thought that, you know, maybe I could come in and kind of turn things around, and we had some good times. But I'll, I'll never forget our first elders meeting where we uh, sat around this big table, kind of like, you know, up in the sunshine room when they have the tables all set up. 
And I remember saying to my leadership team, what is God doing in the church? And I remember this one gentleman, and I'm not making fun of him, loved him to death, did his funeral service. He said, well, pastor, back in 1965, God did some great things. And then another guy said, well, I remember in 1972, when the Lord moved on our church. And I sat there thinking, how sad that you guys are stuck in the 60s. Now, I was born in 1962, so I remember the 60s and the 70s and the cars of the 70s, which I'd prefer not to remember. But, you know, the Bible says that Jesus Christ, in the book of Hebrews, listen to this, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same, can you say it out loud? Yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, there's nothing wrong with looking back at the past and talking about what God has done. That, that's a good thing. But we don't want to stay there. And you think about this church, NCC. This is a forward-moving church. I remember... I think it was last Sunday uh, that I think Chip was up here talking about the new building and kind of where the church wants to go. And I, a true confessions, for just a moment, I thought in my heart, I don't want that to happen. I mean, it's a pain in the butt that I can't get to the cookies after the service, but I don't want the church to change. And the Lord really spoke to my heart and said, but I'm a forward-moving God. There, you know, we, we assume that the future isn't going to be as bright as the past. I am here to tell you this morning, it's going to be brighter. There are things that God wants to do in this church. We don't even have a clue how fantastic they can be. Jesus says, why are you guys so sad? In fact, literally this word, you, you could translate it um, in verse 17. Why are you walking around with your with your jaw on the ground? Why is your face so long? What gives, fellows? They're stuck in the past. I think the solution to getting unstuck is to begin to pray today, God, what do you have for me today? That's my prayer every day when I get out of bed. Number two is as they're on the road, they couldn't see Jesus because they had a distorted view of God's agenda. Let me say that again. They had a distorted view of God's agenda. Look at verse 21. But we, so that's the two disciples, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. We were hoping that this Messiah was going to turn things around. Things politically are pretty crummy fella. We were hoping that he would turn things around. Uh, I have a New Testament survey book in my library at home. Elwell and Yarborough say this, there was a widespread belief that God would send a chosen one, a Messiah, who would defeat the Romans and usher in a time of universal peace with the center of the world in Naples, I mean Jerusalem. See, to the first century Jew, there was no difference between religion and politics. They, they were one and the same. 
I had mentioned to you guys briefly that uh, Janet and I moved here from Seattle. There are many reasons why we moved from Seattle to Naples. One of them has to do with politics. Author Lee Camp says in his book entitled Scandalous Witness, Christianity in America has been made into a bad public joke because of our failure to rightly understand what Christianity is. I mean, do you think things are bad now? If you lived in the first century, you would be killed for your faith. The reason these guys were so sad or, had, or were long in the face, a literal translation, is because their view of Jesus was not the Jesus of Scripture. It was the Jesus that they wanted him to be their Jesus. They wanted to take a round peg and jam it into a square hole. And that's the way we are today, isn't it? I mean, just think about this. How many times in your life have you been walking down the road with the Lord and you're doing well until you find out you're really sick and God doesn't really fit the way you wanted it or disappointment or financial setback? Don't raise your hand, but does anyone in this room have a wayward child? You did everything right and it still didn't work out. I am no longer pastoring. I'm, I'm a full-time uh, therapist. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I see with my clients is that the movie that's in their head is not the, the reality that they're living. And so there's a gap. And there in that gap is depression. Because they're struggling trying to reconcile the way things are with the way that they want them to be. When... Janet and I first moved to Naples. I, um, I'm a nationally board certified counselor, but Florida has its own rules. And um, I'm still working on getting my Florida hours. I'm very close. And uh, when we first moved here, I got a job at a vow hospice up there on Pine Ridge and Whippoorwill. Some of you have had dealings with a vow. And uh, I have to tell you that as a pastor, I was not unaccustomed to being with people as they would pass away. And I've done so many funerals, I can't even remember. But Monday through Friday, I'm literally sitting in the room with people and their loved ones as they're passing away. It was, it was one of the toughest internship jobs I've ever had. In fact, the best part of the job is on Fridays, Glenna would come and she would give me an extra helping of homemade cookies. Remember that, Glenna? And she would just tell me, you're too skinny, you need some more cookies. But it was a tough job. And I can remember many times sitting with people of faith, church people like us, and their loved one would slip away and they would turn their back on God because the movie in their head wasn't matched up with scripture. We all do the same thing. The third thing is they were not students of the word. Man, I'm so mad at Cleopas 
because it says right here that starting with Moses and the prophets, Jesus expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning him, himself. Can you imagine if Cleopas would have written that down? What a great message that would be. I mean, that would preach. They were not students of the word because, verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Years ago, I had the opportunity to study under a man that I consider to be the greatest preacher of all time, Haddon Robinson. And he said this about the Word of God. He said that the Word of God is filled with, quote, flaming ideas that brought to men and women as God has revealed them. Listen, I know I've never preached here before. I just want to assure you, I'm not one of those, like, super conservative evangelical Bible thumpers, all right? I like to have a good time. But I am here to stand before you this morning and tell you that if you and I are not students of the word, we will never see Jesus. You know, I'm just going to tell you, one of the reasons that we come to this church is because the gospel is preached every single Sunday. You know how hard it is to find a church where the gospel is preached, where the pastor stands right here every Sunday and preaches the word of God? That, ladies and gentlemen, is a rare thing. It's one of the reasons, not the only, but it's one of the reasons we come here. And I just want to tell you, as great a job as Kurt does and others that get to share this pulpit, is that you cannot just rely on a Sunday morning message to see Jesus. You have to be in the Word as well. I tell you, one of the weirdest things for me is no longer preaching every single Sunday. Now I'm not preaching the Word, I'm under the Word. And I sit right over there, and the same applies for me. I can't drop the ball. I can't ease up on the gas pedal. I want to see Jesus, and the way we see Jesus is that we're in the Word, and the Word is in us. And I just want to throw out a challenge that you would set aside just even 15 minutes of your day. You know, listen to Dawn's Monday uh, email that she sends out, you know, where she's uh, taking us through the Word of God. Um, just pull aside. Find a few moments in your day where you're in the Word and the Word is in you. We're all on a road. And there are things that happen in our lives where we can't see Jesus. Dustin, uh, I can't see you, but I think you're back there. Can you put the slide up? I want to bring this to a close, and I want to introduce you to Flora. Flora was 12 years old when my brother and I um, were able to pull her out of her home. She has a twin sister where <clears throat> her mother was selling the twins if you know what I mean. And so we were able to pull her out of the home and bring her to Rancho La Hermosa, the orphanage that this church is a part of. You're a huge part of this. And Flora now is going to a private school. We have a school on our campus, but she wants to be a dentist. And uh, we're not really able to offer what she needs. So uh, there are a group of people that are paying for Flora to go to this special school. Look at this, look at this beautiful young lady. She's now 16. 
Mexico's a little bit different than the US, but she is on her way to enrolling in dental school. You want to talk about a lady, a young gal that had a rough road? That's Flora. We all have rough roads. And we all need to see Jesus. And I know that life can get in the way. I think Pastor Kurt said one day, grief has its way with us. But if we will be determined to open up our Bibles and just read and just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Your trip is going to be fantastic. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the NCC family. I thank you for this wonderful group of people that show up here every single Sunday. And for those that are online, this is such a unique church in Naples because this is a church that follows the person of Jesus Christ. And as we look to the future, we are so excited for the things that you are about to do, not just in the church, but in our own lives as well. Oh, God, as we leave today, give us hope in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.